Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I believe I have discovered a new cryptid, or well me and my younger brother. It was terrifying even if the first encounter was for literal seconds. We were taking out the trash together one night during the summer. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Brother wanted me to come with him because there have been animals going missing lately and our parents assume it's been coyotes. We went out to take it and I was looking out at the forest line in our backyard. If it wasn't for the back porch light I wouldn't have seen the thing. It was running straight at us. It was about six feet tall, humanoid, and slightly hunched over with its legs spread out, so were its arms. I would have thought it was an actual naked person if it wasn't for the fact it had no genitals, hair, body hair, or a face. It was completely featureless. Its skin looked like a whitish pink. I thought I was going insane I asked my brother if he saw it, he looked over, and immediately sprinted to the house and followed behind, and I could hear the thing's feet smack against the hard ground as it moved faster to catch one of us. Luckily we had a head start and got inside. We looked out the window to see if it was still there but it was gone, and it was like the thing disappeared the second it realized it wasn't getting to us. Our parents asked us what's wrong, we're both teenagers and knew neither of them would believe a word of so we lied. We said that we heard howling and got scared. We then both went to our room and questioned one another on what we think we saw, I first said on three we should say the color of the thing's skin, we counted to three and both said pink and both of our faces went pale, we knew we both weren't just seeing things. We had no proof, we had no other witness to it it was just the two of us knowing that there was something roaming the woods behind our house. More animals have gone missing in our neighborhood some of our own animals too, so far it has gotten four of our cats and two of our chickens. I never found the cats but it did leave the chickens in the coop we had em in, it was like it was sending a message, 
The chicken's limbs were ripped off and then it was ripped in half, there was blood everywhere. I sometimes feel like it stalks me in the woods, I never go near them at night, but I do sometimes go in them during the day, it feels like there's constantly something over my shoulder, sometimes I hear fallen beaches break like something heavy stepped on it, I'll find limbs placed weirdly like in stacks. I have no idea what it is all I know is that I will figure it out, if anyone has heard of something like this please tell me. I'm a 70-year-old retired nurse and a 27-year veteran of the US Navy and Army. I grew up in Oregon and frequently went hunting and fishing with my father. Every year since I could hold a fishing pole or legally hunt with him I guess you might say that I knew most of the animals that are normally found in the area near where I lived and hunted during these expeditions into the wild I've never seen heard or smelled anything that might be evidence of a Sasquatch that lived in the areas where we hunted. I've also been skeptical that such a creature existed even after the Patterson film was released. While I was on active duty I came home on leave for hunting season which occurs around my dad's and my own birthday. The last hunting season that I went with my father before he could no longer hunt was near the area where my encounter would occur. We've seen bears, big cats, elk, and deer in that area. I have three cats and I've always kept three since I left active duty. My cats would age and pass on and bury them in the same area where all of our pets have been buried over the years. Since there are bears in the area of our little pet cemetery I carry a sidearm when I'm up there. I also remain alert to the sounds around me. One of my cats passed away the day before the encounter on June 18th. On the afternoon of the 19th, I took him up to the little pet cemetery below Harness Mountain which is located in Douglas County, Oregon. I was digging the small grave and was nearly done when I heard what I thought was a bear moving through the brush on the small hill above the pond. The breeze shifted and I got a whiff of a strong musky odor. I thought I had a bear either stalking me or passing close by. I drew my pistol and chambered around and what happened next caught me totally by surprise. There was a loud grunt and something started to stomp through the trees. It was snapping branches making a stomping sound like hollow drum beats. Well, I finished digging the grave while the creature circled me stomping and grunting and when it was opposite of me across the pond it picked up a big rock about the size of a medium watermelon and threw it across the pond toward me. It landed a short distance from the bank and splashed water up to where I was digging. Well, this was disconcerting so I finished the burial without any ceremony and I stacked some large rocks on the grave that I had hauled up with me to protect it. Then I got ready to leave. And hiked to my truck. I loaded my tools back into the pickup and got ready to drive off and I heard another loud grunt from the hill behind me. I got in and pulled out onto the main road and started to drive away. As I passed through a clump of brush near the swampy area a rock came flying from the brush and hit my windshield knocking a big round chip out of it. Down the road, a long piece of branch hit the pickup and landed in the bed. I sped up and I got out of there. The rock that hit the windshield had dropped down into the opening between the windshield and under the rear edge of the hood. It was larger than a softball and the branch measured 8 feet long and 4 inches thick along the length. It was too large and heavy to have been easily thrown by a human. 
After reflecting on this encounter there must have been more than one of them based on the distance between where the rock was thrown and where the branch was thrown. I went back up there a couple of weeks later to check on the fresh grave to be sure that it had not been dug up by a wild predator. I planted some native iris. The new grave was untouched but on top of the three little graves, I found that some large flat river rocks have been placed on top. The nearest source for those types of rocks was 15 miles away. As I was leaving on this trip another rock was thrown at my pickup. It was as I drove away and this one landed in the bed doing no damage. The rock was close to the same type and size as those being used on the newer logging roads in the area. In the summer of 2019, it was a dry year and many of the springs had dried up. The pond was probably the only source of water nearby. These creatures may have been trying to drive me away so that they could access the water. I never saw the creatures that I encountered but one thing is for sure, bears don't stomp nor can they throw rocks or sticks. I've heard later that when Sasquatch throws rocks they lob them underhanded. But the rocks that were thrown at me were thrown with a flat trajectory like a baseball. I didn't take time to search for the tracks or any other evidence of what had been trying to intimidate me. I felt that I was not welcome in that area, at least while I was there. This is what myself and my son experienced. I don't pay particular attention to time so I apologize for the lack of these details. The location of our encounter was the George Washington National Forest between Harrisonburg, Virginia, and Franklin, West Virginia. The time was 8 to 10 years ago. It was an abnormally nice day, in essence, it was a cool summer day. I asked my son if he'd like to go camping for the night due to the fair weather just to get out. He agreed so off we went. We arrived in the early afternoon. The parking was along the two-lane rural highway with small pull-offs and extensive four-wheel drive trails on the opposite side of the road. We weren't fishing so I decided to take us to the less traveled side. We hiked in until we found a good-looking location, a natural clearing not far from a small creek. I'm not much for planning so I really had no agenda other than being in nature. We started collecting a fire as it would be dark and we'd like to cook our hot dogs. Around then we heard a whoop from the ridge a couple hundred yards off. We both heard it. I told my son it was probably a Bigfoot. We were losing light. Then we heard the whoop from a gully opposite of the ridge. There is a nearby knob. Some serious crashing sounds were coming from it. We both stopped and looked. I could see the trees getting thrashed about in a direct line to us. My son was nervous. I tried to rationalize it. I could see no animal. I could not hear boulder clacking, but it was easy to see the trees moving against the skyline. When the thrashing got to the bottom of the hill it made a 90 degree turn and soon went quiet. I told my son that we would have to deal with something and build up the fire. It was dark now but the fire was illuminating the area around us. We started getting pebbles tossed at us. We noticed glowing red eyes from behind a small tree that grew up in the middle of the large bush at the edge of our clearing. I asked my son if he could see it. He said he did I put myself between the fire and the eyes. My son started walking toward it, I told him not to go over there and to come near me. I picked up some pebbles and moved to about 25 feet from our visitor. 
I pitched pebbles at it. I wasn't sure what I was looking at and I figured if I tossed rocks at an animal it would move. This is when my son said that I should not throw rocks at it. He was scared. I said that it started the rock throwing I'm not some fearless hero generally speaking but I think before I react this is when I was thinking what do you want? The answer came quickly. I moved closer. I wasn't sure what I was dealing with and I was excited about communicating with it. I stared this bugger in the eyes from no more than 20 feet away and commenced to think at it. I explained that I have an idea of who it was. However, I needed confirmation I asked you to wink at me. Then, out loud, I told it again, then I winked at it. Two seconds later it winked back. I laughed a smile. I explained that I understood it's just like humans and that I have the same feelings, but that my son and I are not here to cause anyone harm. Please leave. We are honored by its presence and we will be leaving in the morning. However, you have scared my son and I'm out of patience. Thankfully the Bigfoot left. I am reporting a sighting of what appears to be what was originally reported in the Point Pleasant West Virginia media regarding the Mothman. I actually work in journalism, and I am sharing this with disclosure because I don't want this publicized due to my career. This first-hand account is from a being of higher intelligence that looks like the portrayal of the Mothman, except slimmer and without red eyes. I initially had contact with this creature in Rolla, Missouri one year ago. I went to journalism school in Chicago when the original news reports of the Mothman were reported, but at the time had not come in contact with the creature nor believed it until a creature that resembles the Mothman started impeding on my life one year ago. The large creature has a magnetic field when it is in close proximity and has followed me to West Plains and St. Charles at specific addresses I can follow up with if necessary. This being has also attracted bugs such as flies and grasshoppers when it's outside or inside my places of residence. Flies have started to congregate in my office and home. I'm reporting this because of the consistency. I thought the creature would go away by now, but it hasn't. It also tries to communicate and impacts my blood pressure and oxygen levels, where my skin will immediately become pale white. The creature can also slow down my mind and follows me to my job. As I write this to you, it is still in my home. It can also cause me to forget periods of time and what it has tried to communicate to me over the past year. I've never believed in anything like the Mothman until this experience that is now impacting my mom, who didn't think aliens or anything concerning that matter ever existed. I'm not sure how to deter it from my family and home since it actually knows I've reported it to the government and now to you since I'm not sure what else to do. Me and my friends were walking down a trail a night in Florida. Everything was fine for a while but about three hours into the walk the temperature rose and the light got brighter at the same time, all of us could tell it too. We didn't think much about it however when we started walking back we started hearing loud grows from decently far away, freaked us the f out and we got ours friend to pick us up. But the growls didn't stop until we got closer to some buildings. Would love to hear opinions on what happened either disproving what situation we were in. Or what creature or thing it could have been. 
Also not really sure if it matters but we heard a really loud siren before most if it happened. I once came within 25 feet of a Sasquatch deep in McCabe's Cove on Lake Oroville, California. It was spring 1976 and I was fishing along the shore. The water level was up very high into the brush so I had to hike around several dense areas. As I was making my way around some thick brush I was focused on the ground in front of me and testing the grass with my fishing rod because I was nervous about rattlesnakes. I came into a small clearing where the heavy brush began to give way to small tan oaks and larger trees, and there I happened to look up to get my bearings before going further. It took me a couple of seconds to process what I was seeing. Standing in front of me at about 10 o'clock I saw a large hairy creature standing as still as a statue. I guessed it was about 7 feet tall, very heavy set, with somewhat sloping shoulders. I sensed immediately that it was hiding among the backdrop of the forest waiting for me to pass unaware. As soon as it realized that I saw it, the creature bolted upright, turned, and ran through the dense forest. I was in shock and awe, my heart was racing. I quickly ran to where the beast had been standing. Looking around I could see several indistinct tracks, and in the direction where it ran, it had blasted a hole right through the forest. At the time I didn't think about trying to gather evidence. I was pretty frightened and my adrenaline was high, so I ran a one quarter mile up the steep hillside to the road and then back to where I'd parked. Later I researched some old news clippings at the Oroville Library and discovered that there had been other sightings in the region going back to the 1940s, in particular a case on Table Mountain where an entire family was frightened away from their homestead. In 1976 the area where I saw the Sasquatch connected to a much larger section of a very remote and dense forest of maybe 100 or so square miles. I don't know what the lay of the land is these days, but I've often thought about going there on a backpacking adventure. I've only recently started checking out Bigfoot videos, and I discovered that one of the common warning behaviors is to stomp their foot. When I described how the Sasquatch bolted upright, now that I think of it, it was more of a sudden stomp with one or both feet before it turned and ran. I recall how it kind of shook the ground. There were a lot of tracks all in about a one meter spot where it had been standing. I think it had been standing in that same spot for several minutes watching me, maybe curious about what I was doing. I had been casting along the shore, and then I was testing the grass with my fishing pole. The Sasquatch might have considered my behavior interesting. I don't have a picture and the original video has apparently been lost to time, I'm just hoping someone can give me an idea of what my wife saw about 10 years ago. So here's the story. Around 10 years ago my wife lived in a cabin on several acres in southeast Oklahoma. Her parents had bought a bunch of chickens in a coup. They started to notice chickens were going missing and decided to put up a trail camera to see what was stalking their land. When they noticed chickens missing they reviewed the camera and what was seen was about 6 feet tall bipedal humanoid creatures that my wife described as skinny. She saw it open up the top of the coup, reach in and pull out a chicken, and then close the coup and leave. She said some of what it looks like is fuzzy but what she is sure about is it had large saucer-like red eyes. 
Unfortunately the video is forever lost as the person with the video has been dead for several years. She couldn't tell if it had fur like Bigfoot but thinks because it was skinny it didn't. I have been out to this property and it is extremely remote. Anyone have any idea? So my and a buddy were on our way home from a party at my mother's house at around 132-ish and went down the same direction I went before. Oh yeah, I wasn't alone this time either. Anyway, we were just driving and joking around like any other night and once we got to a certain point there was heavy fog much like before, so obvi I slowed down a bit. We drove normally for a bit after that with much less conversation cause of the fog. Then the turn started again. My buddy who we are gonna call DJ mentioned the turns and then I mentioned the story that he laughed at me about and never believed after that he was very serious and we didn't joke around anymore. We went up an incredibly steep hill that just kept going up there were turns both sharp and wide but we kept going upwards the entire time, at least 20 minutes. About 15 minutes into the climb DJ started to pray, we are both religious, and I handed him the rosary I kept in the car and he took out the Bible I keep in there too. After that we stopped moving up and the road flattened out, after going straight for a little but there was another very tight turn. I felt the hair stand up all over my body and drew the Glock from where I kept it, DJ saw and drew his as well. As we round the corner I slowed down even more barely crawling forward. The corner ends and that thing is there, in the road crouched just the same as before. DJ says something but itter what he said and I stop the car. We are farther back than I was the first time, this thing is just barely visible at the edge of the fog. I lean out my window and level my gun DJ does the same except he opened his door and rested his gun on that. I wait for something to happen. I don't know what I was waiting for but I didn't fire. We sit like that for maybe 2 or 3 minutes. Until DJ says the hell are we doing here bro let's get the F out of here he shuts his door but keeps his gun outside the car and leveled. I get back in and put the car in reverse, as soon as I do that thing stands up. It didn't do it the same way as before. It was instant, there wasn't anything in between crouched and standing, like a video skipping frames. I press the gas and slowly move backwards and it disappeared into the fog. DJ relaxes and pulls his gun inside and lets out kinda a nervous chuckle. I back up more and turn the car around. When we get all the way around the creature is in front of us again, closer than it was before, still facing away from us. NGL we might have screamed like little girls. But it didn't move when we did, I put the car back in reverse and gunned it backwards till it disappeared back into the fog. This time DJ is screaming for me to get us the hell out of there I say that I'm doing everything I can. After going backwards a bit I bring the car to a stop, getting ready to turn around again. Before I can DJ screams again and I look up, this thing is definitely facing us now and is coming at us full tilt. Its mouth was open but making no noise, its arm were spread out like it was going to try and grab the hood of the car. I lean out and just randomly pull the trigger, and it fired. I dumped the whole mag not bothering to do much in the way of aiming, and I see at least two holes open on its chest. It slams forward onto the pavement and crawls underneath the car. I look into the rear and see it running, DJ leans out and tries to fire but as doesn't. 
I gun it forward and just speed off. We both notice that something is making sparks out the back of the car but don't stop to check it. We keep driving and end up going back down the incline we climbed before for about 5 minutes before we are suddenly back on the road we were originally driving before the fog rolled in, and the fog slowly dissipates over the next mile or so. Once the fog is gone we drive for a little longer then pull over and see that the thing knocked my muffler loose and it was dragging on the pavement. I attached some zip ties to keep it of the ground then we left and went home, silent the whole time, gripping steel till we walking in the door. I don't know what to do now but I figured you guys might. At least someone believes me now I guess. Like before I'll answer your questions as best I can but I think I hear the bottle calling my name for now. Edit, forgot to put a good description in here so it was about 7.5 feet tall really pale skin. Skinny as hell with long ass arm, no clothes visible. My ex-in-laws had a house up in the Lake Ariel area of the Pocono Mountains. The house is located in a community called The Hideout. The entrance to this community was off RT 590. So early one morning I went go fishing for walleye and bass, but I had to drive into town to get gas for the boat. I left the house and made a right-hand turn onto RT-590 while driving into town. It was just about sunrise. I had come up on a little restaurant which would have been on the left-hand side of the road and just past it was a large open field. As I came upon the field I thought I saw a bear running, heading in my direction towards the road. It was traveling about 50 to 60 miles per hour. This bear and I would have intersected at about the same time. I started to slow down because this was the first time I had seen a bear in the wild. I was intrigued as this bear reached the road. I then noticed it was not a bear. This creature had the face of a man and was running on all fours. Once it got to the roadway it leapt and literally cleared the entire two-lane highway with zero effort. I hit my brakes so I could watch this thing run into the forest on the other side of the road. For years I've tried to convince myself it must have been my imagination from being so early in the morning and a bit tired. A few years later I hiked into the woods in the same area trying to find my way to the creek. I wanted to fish but I had this god-awful feeling about continuing in the direction I was heading. It was then I saw a blur of a brownish-red flash from tree to tree. Then it was gone. The feeling started to go away so I continued on. Once I got to the creek I started to fish it was only a few minutes later someone or something was throwing either small rocks or acorns at me. I followed my sixth sense, packed my gear, and left. First of all, I am a college degree holder in anthropology. Also did field investigation for MUFON in the 80s and into the mid-90s. I'm currently a private paranormal investigator. My brother, who had the sighting as well, is also a former MUFON slash NICAP 1970s investigator and is currently vice president for a Fortune 500 company in the IT field. I've seen it as well as he. We were vacationing in Panama City Beach, Florida, and had decided to boat out to Shell Island Nature Preserve arriving just an hour before sunset. Sunset came and went and just before darkness began to fall we returned to the boat which we had to wade to from shore. 
We had to be more at 20 feet offshore for fear of getting caught on a sandbar. This was October 22, 2002. A clear day in the 80s. As we waded out to the boat and were getting in we saw the craziest sight. All the birds and wildlife took off at once and scattered in every direction from the spot we had just come. The sound and sight immediately drew our full attention. We saw the thing waddle out from the bush. This was a small one seven to eight feet tall, judging from the bush height along the shore. Our cameras were in the boat since we had gone to Shell Island for a little metal detecting and beach combing. It looked directly at us and paced back and forth along the shore for approximately the distance of 30 feet in total. We didn't wait around to get a better view of it once we saw the head crest. It was a pterosaur, period. Not something I want to see again in this lifetime because its mama will be at least 18-20 feet tall. People are not reporting them because. 1. In flight there is no way of judging length and they may very well be soaring at a height where they simply appear as small planes or other birds. 2. It is simply too bizarre for the mind to comprehend and thus the sighting is pigeonholed into some type of logical rational explaining, instead of a freaking dinosaur. My story began about 14 years ago while I was out deer hunting in the south fork of the Shoshone River just outside Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming. Just before the sun went down my buddy flushed a huge buck entirely by accident. As we were walking back to the truck he shot it and saw it run off. He knew he'd gotten a good solid hit on it so we went over to where he shot it and found obvious signs of blood everywhere. So we stayed there a few minutes and smoked a couple cigarettes to hopefully let the deer stop and lay down and bleed out. After securing permission from the landowner we're able to cross onto his property. We found his deer. We field field dressed the deer, drug it out, and loaded it in the truck. Just before we were getting ready to leave I realized that I left my gloves on the ground back where we had dressed the deer. So I told my buddy to hang on for a minute. I run back and grab the gloves. As I stood up, literally had every hair on my body stand up, like a static electricity kind of feeling. I slowly turned and scanned everything around me to see if maybe I was just picking up the feeling that there was a bear. I quickly started moving back towards the truck. I got near the truck and I started relaxing, but I was still feeling really uneasy and the thought in my head was to leave and get out of there. My buddy looked at me and asked what was wrong because I guess it was written all over my face. I told him that I had a weird feeling. I thought maybe we maybe there might be a bear in the vicinity because we had seen lots of signs that day. He looked at me strangely and then said what did the landlord have to say? I looked at him puzzled because I had no idea what he was talking about. We talked to the landowner after shooting the deer to secure permission to cross into his woodlot, but that was at his house out close to the highway. So I asked him what are you talking about, he said that he saw who he thought was the landowner coming from where his house walking through the woods to where I was retrieving my gloves. He saw him kind of disappear back farther into the woods where I should have been. I was completely confused at that point because I hadn't seen anybody. I didn't hear anybody and there were enough leaves and such on the ground that it would be difficult for someone to walk quietly without me hearing them. I just kind of shook it off at that point thinking I let my imagination get the best of me. 
We proceeded to leave. We had to stop back at the landowner's house to give him the portion of the state tag so he could get reimbursed. My buddy went up to the door to leave his tag and the owner greeted him at the door. I got out of the truck at that point, walked up there and they were already in conversation. I realized it wasn't the landowner that my friend saw going through the woods. So we got a short discussion with the landowner and I told him what had happened. He looked at me and chuckled a bit and said, Oh, I see you met my friend. I asked him who that was and he said, No no. Not a friend, but a friend that he sees in the woods every once in a while. At that point, my buddy and I realized what he was talking about. Later that night I was at my buddy's house before heading back home. We were talking about this encounter and his wife was the first one to bring it up and say out loud the word Bigfoot. For some reason when she actually said it out loud I just felt this overwhelming terror. I went home and a few days later I wanted to go hunting again in the same area when I got down there this overwhelming feeling like I did the previous time was telling me don't go by myself. I did listen to that sixth sense and got right back with my truck and went home. I'll be honest with you I haven't set foot in the woods since that day. The story begins in Sacramento, California on November 1, 1879. That morning the state's press awoke to some shocking news that its inhabitants couldn't believe. Newspapers like the Daily Union had huge headlines that threatened the tranquility of the inhabitants. The front pages reflected the city's alarm over a strange creature's appearance. It was the story of two hunters who had survived to tell the tale. Their names were Peter Simmons and John Gore, two veteran hunters who were on a great adventure. Their itinerary was to travel through the major forests of the United States. Their account in the Antelope Valley was one of the last on the list. This place had many attractions. It was known for its abundance of wildlife and some of the wildest animals in the country. The Antelope Valley wouldn't disappoint them, although neither Peter nor John knew where their adventure would lead. According to the men's account, they arrived in the morning in a vehicle that they left parked in the middle of the trail. They were loaded with two accurate rifles and the perfect equipment to take on any wild creature. At first, their exploration took them to Elizabeth Lake where they hunted ducks and swans. Beyond the lagoon, they encounter larger and fiercer animals such as a bear and moose. So far the adventure seemed to be going well. The morning progressed quickly but the men were still unsatisfied. They remembered the instructions that a guide from the nearest village had given them. This anonymous man had told them that at the top of the valley there was a creature that wouldn't disappoint them. Peter and John began to ascend the valley trail. Along the way, they touched cliffs, scooted streams, and climbed mounds until they reached a great peak. From there they had a view of the entire periphery. But there was no sign of the creature, at least that's what they thought. Then, an unexpected loud commotion put them on guard. They both pointed in all directions with their rifles but there was no target. The ruckus seemed to come from an invisible creature. Then suddenly the largest animal that they had ever seen emerged from a large opening in the middle of the mountain they had just climbed. Its appearance was robust and hairy. It had elongated limbs and menacing claws, and it walked upright like a human. 
Although it was impossible for this creature to be a man the beast began to climb toward the top of the mountain at an alarming speed. It also had impressive dexterity something impressive considering the size and weight of its body. Peter and John as hunters had faced danger before and felt the need to protect themselves. They immediately opened fire on the animal. One of the projectiles hit the beast's arm. The creature stopped and acted confused. It emitted a growl that paralyzed the hunters' hearts and it immediately pounced on them with an unnatural rage. For the first time in 25 years, the hunters were truly terrified. Still, they opened fire again but the shots missed. Both men missed the opportunity and it was too late. The creature reached John and knocked him to the ground. Peter quickly shot the beast in the back which caused the creature to scream and contort in pain. It stood up and began to flee down the mountain. The hunters made no effort to follow it. Fear had completely paralyzed them. They could barely walk, especially John whose skin was pale white, and seemed to be in shock. They retraced their steps to their vehicle. They didn't allow themselves to put their rifles away until the forest was several miles behind them. The experience changed their lives and from that date on they gave up their love of hunting forever. They both wondered if the creature had survived the gunshots, but they had no plans to ever return to find out. I'm a very skeptical person and a non-religious person even though I was raised in a very Catholic family. I always try to use logic and reason before anything else and I never knew what to think about this event. So this happened to me 20 years ago but I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was a kid at the time almost 10 years old. One day I woke up in the middle of the night, I don't know what time it was but everybody in my house were already sleeping. I usually don't wake up very easily I'm a heavy sleeper and we used to sleep with the doors of all rooms open for no reason in particular. My room is in front of my parents room across a very short hallway about 6 feet long. In this hallway we don't have any furniture just the floor because is a very short. So as I was saying, I woke up in the middle of the night for no reason and I wasn't sleepy or tired anymore. And I looked at this hallway and there was moonlight coming from my window directly to this hallway. It was dark but not much because of the moonlight. And I spot this strange shadow standing but moving on the same spot. Like it couldn't decide where to go. I didn't feel any bad feelings or chills, nothing negative about it I was just seeing it with my eyes. It was an humanoid shadow. It had two arms, two legs, a torso and a head but I couldn't see the face or the eyes and I don't know if it was male or female. It was the shadow of a little kid but darker than anything I ever saw before. So I could distinguish it from the hallway. And it was moving so erratic but standing on the same spot in the middle of the hallway. If I could say something about as I could say the shadow was disorientated. Don't get me wrong, even though I didn't feel anything negative about this shadow I was scared as hell. I thought someone was invading the property. I got in planking position in my bed then I proceed to sit in my bed without breaking my visual contact, and I start screaming for my parents. And for help and that thing reacted to my voice and it started to run away from me towards my parents' room. Which their door were open and I saw how the shadow took a left and got inside of my dad closet, which is a big closet almost like a little room. And the door was open. 
Then everybody woke up. My dad armed himself with a gun and checked the closet and nothing was there. We looked everywhere in the house and the surroundings there was no evidence of force entry. There was nothing. The thing just vanished. My parents told me that I was just having a bad dream. But I knew what was a dream and a nightmare even sleep paralysis. I could move and speak but trust me it was none of the above. I know to this day that what I saw was real. A few days ago I told this to my friend in great detail and he told me about the shadow people and about this forum. I just want to know what the hell was that. Sorry for the bad English. It is my second language and thanks for reading. I met this guy at my workplace and worked with him for six months and he just had such a weird personality. At first he was incredibly quiet, incredibly shy didn't speak, I didn't think much of him but he did kind of stick out in a work environment where 90% of the people are extroverts. And then one day three months in he just started talking a bunch to everyone. It was weird. But his personality and energy was so odd. He went from a shy dude to a total extrovert, constantly talking to everyone that worked there. He was kind of an asshole honestly, but also incredibly funny and quick-witted. He replied to everything incredibly quick and it was always something funny but also incredibly deep. This guy was super into movies he'd talk about movies constantly but not in the normal way. He'd talk about Star Wars and then bring up films from Russia in the 30s. The weird thing was how captivating he is. Usually you know how it is when someone gives you a giant info dump randomly. How it comes off as obnoxious and they drone on and on and you get uninterested. This guy was obnoxious normally when having a normal convo but somehow when talking about movies he had so much passion and an almost encyclopedic knowledge you'd be insane not to be captivated. I didn't just feel this way everyone else did. It wasn't just the film though, this guy had an almost encyclopedic knowledge of everything like every single thing possible. You could bring up any topic from Britney Spears and pop music to anthropology and neuroscience and heavy metal and he had an incredible knowledge and grasp of the topic and incredibly profound things to say. But in the sense that you knew it was his own words, you know when you can tell someone has read something off Wikipedia or online and they're just reciting it back to you. This guy didn't have that. He spoke about so many topics with so much knowledge but in his own words. I heard about so many things I've never heard about before. The Battle of Brit Pop, Pro Wrestling, Comic Books, Russian Films from the 20s and 30s, French Films from the 50s and 60s, Philosophers Albert Camus Spiritual Things Like Chaos Magic. It was insane talking to this guy because you never knew how you'd be captivated you just know you'd be captivated. He was only 21 years old too so it's not like a super old dude. He really attracted people in, like people wanted to talk to him. Every person at this place was somewhat intrigued by this guy. I cannot figure this dude out even now in my head. He quit randomly one day, he gave in his two weeks and then just left without giving anyone an explanation and as far as I know cut off all contact with people at this workplace and I just can't explain this guy and his presence in any way that does justice. He is the one person in my life where he just doesn't fit any box. He was an asshole, but also incredibly compassionate at times and incredibly passionate. He was quiet and then randomly exploded, 
and he seemed to know everything ever and then just walked away one day. Last night at 5.30 a.m., there was a demon-like screeching within a mile of Harris Hill Road, in the town of Williamsville, New York. The screeching occurred at approximately 5.34 a.m., and several people can attest to the event. This road is fairly uneventful, and full of realist citizens. However, upon hearing the screech at 5.34, at least 10 houses noticeably turned their lights on in the neighborhood. After congregating casually across the nearby streets, every resident had no explanation as to what could have made such a blood-chilling scream. The screech was nothing like an avian creature in pain, far too loud for a ground-dwelling rodent to make, and in general did not sound like a recognizable animal. This was in the early morning of November 9, 2022. I'm not sure if this is a good place to post this experience, so please let me know if there is a more suitable subreddit. Last night I was laying on the couch watching a basketball game. My two dogs were laying next to me. I heard a distinct child's voice say no, not yet. As soon as I heard no both of my dogs simultaneously jumped up growling and barking. They are usually very calm dogs and generally only bark if they hear someone at the door. If it was not for the reaction from my dogs, I would say the voice came from my subconscious as I was the only one home. I'm not sure what we heard. It was very strange. The dogs were on edge for the next several minutes sniffing around the room and occasionally growling. Has anyone had a similar experience or have any insight? Thank you. There's something going down in my town. Without giving personal details, there's have been multiple sightings of a black-clad human roaming the open desert around the community college late at night, and several disappearances in the town in the last few years. I was out there tonight and the whole place feels off. I took the chance to visit the college, and the road leading to it from the side of town is absolutely haunted. I personally saw what appeared to be a person standing directly next to the road watching my car drive by at one point, but I still don't know if it was real or my eyes playing tricks on me. There is definitely something going on. Anyone else have any experiences out there? Maybe not paranormal, but there does appear to be someone living in the desert, and multiple people have disappeared in the last few years. Very suspicious. The area I live in is notorious for being haunted by skinwalkers, and additionally has an extremely high amount of drug-slash-trafficking crime as it is relatively close to the Mexican border. This happened two days ago but it's still freaky. My grandma and I were both outside when out of nowhere I heard what sounded like chanting-slash or singing. I looked at my grandma to see if it was just me who was hearing it, but she was also looking around as well. It started off faint but kept on getting louder and louder. At first it sounded like it was coming from the woods but also sounded like it was coming from different directions all at once. It sounded like Celtic or monk chanting, but I think I could hear male and female voices. Then it got fainter and fainter until we couldn't hear it anymore. We could hear for about 5 or 6 minutes. It was weird. 
My grandparents live in a rural area with barely any neighbors, so it's not like it could have come from a neighbor's home. The only church is in the town where I live with my parents but it's miles away from my grandparents' home. Has anyone else experienced something like this and does anyone know what it could have been? This happened about six years ago, I remember the day I was going home with my mother and my two younger sisters, at that time it was normal for my father to have already returned from work, important information for later, so when we entered my house, we did it through a corridor that connects with my house, and in the corridor we heard a melody of a flute that came from my house, we were a little amazed with my mother and sisters because it was a clear melody, so when we went in, we thought it was my father, but he never played a flute in his life, then we thought it was some kind of joke and we started looking for him all over the house and we didn't find him, we came to the conclusion that there was no one around me house. My father arrived an hour later and to this day we don't know that he produced that flute tune. I was told I had two entities following me. Hello. A while back someone I was friends with told me that when I came over to visit that I had two beings following me. This person also told me they sometimes knew things and saw spirits. I am a semi-skeptical person when it comes to this stuff but I asked questions anyways and I was hoping maybe some of you can give some input. They said that one of these beings was an older Hispanic woman and that she she was upset that I was visiting my friend and kept entering and leaving the room to check what we were doing. They asked if my grandmother had died because I am part Hispanic but I didn't know at the time for sure because I haven't had anything to do with that side of my family since I was a kid. I later found out my grandmother from my Hispanic side was not dead at the time. I told them that the grandmother I was raised by was white and my mother was white and adopted. They also told me the other being was a tall man in black wearing a hat and he was in the background just checking things out. When they told me this I got a mental image of a man in a suit with a hat like 60s 50s type like mib type clothing. Whenever I questioned them more about this, as I did several times, they would just tell me the man in black seemed fine and just an observer but to watch out for the older Hispanic lady. Anyone have any thoughts on this? My immediate reaction is to semi-dismiss it, but I do have a curious side to me so from time to time I think about it. I have had some weird instances and things happen in life but I always keep both an open mind and a skeptical mind when dealing with the unknown. Thanks for any feedback. I can't fall asleep right now and figured I'd share my one and only potentially paranormal encounter. It happened when I was 15, about 6 or 7 years ago, when I finally grew old enough to become a counselor at a summer camp I had attended annually for most of my childhood. The camp is Camo Anokajig in Plymouth, Wisconsin if you want to check it out. You would imagine that a summer camp as large and old as Anokajig would have its fair share of scary stories and camp legends, but from my experience that really wasn't the case. Ghost stories around the campfire were of course popular, but there weren't really any specifically about the camp itself. That is, except one commonly accepted notion among the staff, Thunderbird Cabin 2 is haunted. See, the camp is separated into a boys and girls side, 
and these sides are further divided into sections, with names like Lakeview, Timber Trail, or, of course, Thunderbird. Counselors would rotate through sections throughout the summer. During the particular week of this story, I was stationed in Thunderbird, and was assigned with another counselor, who I'll call Keegan, to watch over the infamous Cabin 2. Stories about Cabin 2 varied. Entities outside of the windows, goatmen, scratching sounds at odd hours of the night, whatever. The diverse and often hyperbolized nature of these stories actually led me to doubt the legitimacy of all of them. It's a much more likely explanation that there was a desire for ghost stories at camp and that someone came up with Thunderbird 2 as Haunted Lowell which just happened to stick, no? I still believe this, in fact. I do not believe in ghosts or the paranormal, but I know what I experienced and any rational explanation I can come with does not seem fully convincing. Anyways, it goes as follows, this week, I was assigned to watch the youngest group of boys, about 6 to 8. We like to have everyone in bed early since the young kids can be restless, and they needed time to wind down. This particular night, things went smoothly for Keegan and I, we had gotten all of the kids seemingly asleep rather quickly. Being a little older, we would stay up and chat or read, and this night was no different. We both sat in Keegan's bunk sharing a pair of earbuds and watching YouTube videos. It's important now to describe the layout of a cabin in Thunderbird. They were simplistic, rectangular, raised wood cabins. The inner parameter was lined with bunk beds, and housed about 20 to 30 campers and two counselors. Small, high-set rectangular windows along all sides provide moderate moonlight at night. Anyways, we're watching a video, and all the kids are asleep. Dead quiet inside. You can barely hear the crackling of the dwindling campfire outside and the muffled normal sounds of a Midwest forest at night. That is, until something disturbs the peace. The unmistakable sound of someone shaking in a sleeping bag breaks the silence. It's clear from the noise and vibrations that one of the campers is basically flailing in their bunk. Their sleeping bag is rustling, the metal bunk is squeaking, the sound of their body bouncing on the mattress makes a dull thumping. Keegan and I quickly take out the earbuds, pause for a moment to listen to the sound, and turn to each other with a concerned what the hell look on our faces. Initially I'm actually worried a camper is having a seizure. And then, on the other side of the cabin, we hear the same noise. The same vibration. Only a few seconds after the first camper stared to shake, a second one joins in. Then another, and another, and another. Within seven or eight seconds, literally every kid in this cabin is flailing in their bags. The sound of rustling fabric and straining bed springs is all you can hear. In the pale moonlight you could also see the outlines of their bodies bouncing around a little. The entire cabin is vibrating at this point, and Keegan and I are frozen, wide-eyed, terrified. We each have the same frightened look, and it's clear that neither of us have any idea what is going on or what to do. We sit, paralyzed, for some period of time while the collective possession around us continues. After 15 or 20 seconds of this, the cacophony stops. Like a switch is flipped, all of the campers stop moving and go perfectly still, back to sleeping undisturbed. Still immobilized with fear, Keegan and I still sit completely still as well, 
not talking or moving. Scared, I'm assuming, that this was simply the beginning of something worse. Unsure whether to run or check the campers. Minutes go by, both of us looking around, eyes darting to the door, the surrounding bunks, both of us braced for impending doom. I'm not sure how, but at the same time both of us silently conclude we should bolt. As fast as we can, we leap from the bunk and sprint out the door, into the clearing that accompanies the cabins. The only person still outside is our senior counselor, scrolling through his phone by the fire. He's surprised to see the two counselors of a cabin dash out the way we did. Panicked, we try to explain what the hell happened. He brushes it off, but agrees to check the cabin. As you can guess, he doesn't see or hear anything but peacefully sleeping campers. We, reluctantly, return to the cabin and get in our beds. Still on high alert, I lay awake for some time, braced and waiting for something. But, alas, I drift off at some point. Wouldn't you believe it, in the morning none of the kids claimed to know anything about the night previous. They all claimed to have fallen asleep like any other night, and the phenomenon does not continue any following night. As someone who is wholly skeptical and, as previously stated, does not believe in anything not well-founded or observed scientifically, I struggle to think what might have caused this. I want to think it was a prank, but I just don't think that a bunch of young children could coordinate something like this so well, or even more so retain their innocence in the matter. If anyone has any similar stories or even heard if anything that could cause this, I'm all ears. It will probably be the most confused and scared I'll ever be in my life, the situation was just so bizarre and sudden. I hope I properly conveyed just how creepy it was. When you feel lost and everything is gone, you realize in the end everything comes at a cost. The year 2018 was the first year since my divorce where I felt free for the first time, in a very long time, possibly ever. After moving out of my dad's house in Noonan, I moved in with a friend of mine who lived in Jonesboro, Georgia, DP. About two months after moving in with DP, I was hired at a German air filtration company in Atlanta. It was approximately a 45-minute drive from where I lived, depending on traffic. I was already making a daily journey for work to Peachtree City, so I didn't mind traveling to the city for work. The day I got hired I called my friend who referred me for the position and as soon as he answered the phone I screamed very loudly I got the job. I was ecstatic. He said I was so loud everyone in the warehouse could hear me. I was hired on as the CEO's personal assistant, but in reality after a while I just felt like a glorified clerk. The job was pretty straightforward and simple. After a few months working there I was able to get my best friend at the time, AG, a position with the company. She and I had been best friends since high school, but we had lost touch for a few years and rekindled after my divorce. We were able to share an office together and carpooled most days. She and I were like two peas in a pod all over again, it felt like no time had passed at all. In the evenings when we would get off of work and make the long drive back to my house we would jam out to loud music while cruising down the highway in my little two-seater smart car. That thing was way too much fun to drive, it was the only car I ever got ticketed in while driving. Usually, 
Once we got back to my house she would come inside and chill with me and smoke for a few before getting in her car to make the journey home, as she lived further away about another 30 minute drive. Life felt really good and everything felt right. I was making new friends, strengthening old friendships, and honestly blossoming as a person. I was finding myself and embracing this new life I had fought so hard for. I was genuinely happy and my soul felt free. I was spending a healthy amount of time alone but also a healthy amount socializing with friends, going out and what have you. I found a nice balance that worked for me. It helped a lot after a few months working at the new company, I was able to get health insurance and in time was Presabed proper depression and anxiety medication that suited my needs perfectly. I felt like an entirely different person. The pain I used to suffer with, the headaches, the lack of a apiatite and weight loss, the constant lethargy and lack of energy was all gone. I was eager and driven, I felt comfortable in my own skin and also in my own mind. However, as the cycle has proven, this sense of peace wouldn't last. As I mentioned earlier, I was socializing a lot more. I had started hanging out with an ex-coworker more often, we will call him, JM, he would usually come over to my place and we would play video games or sometimes we would meet up somewhere to eat lunch and just talk. I had worked with him previously in Peachtree City at a window manufacturing warehouse. He was quiet and reserved and came off a little odd until you got to know him better and he became comfortable enough to come out of his shell a bit. He was really tall and thin, and wore his hair a bit long to his shoulders. I remember he would always be wearing a wool hat of some sort to work, in sometimes 90 degree weather. Other times he would wear a bandana. I always got the sense that he was sad maybe even a bit lonely. Early one morning he invited me to come over to his house to hang out, I stopped at McDonald's and brought breakfast for us to eat. He lived with his dad in this pretty big house, his mom apparently lived out of state somewhere else and wasn't home much. When I walked into his house I got the feeling of sadness as well, a light heaviness filled the atmosphere. The house felt old and dark, not much natural sunlight got into the house either. I followed him through his house, he lead me through the kitchen and living room. I noticed there were still Christmas decorations and a tree up and it was around mid-year, so I knew they had been up for a while past their expiration date. As we walked through the living room to make our way down the hallway, I remember his dad approached us as he walked down the stairs into the living room. JM, introduced us both and I recall feeling the same sad energy lingering around his dad. We eventually continued and made our way down the hallway to his bedroom. We sat, ate and played video games for a few hours and talked. Eventually, I started to get a bit sleepy since I had shown up in the early am so I asked, JM, if we could lay down and get a little nap in. It usually takes me a while to fall asleep in a foreign place but I was tired enough to fall asleep relatively quickly. I don't know how long I was asleep for before my consciousness woke up but the rest of my body was very much still asleep, it always feels so heavy. My eyes were closed but I could see around me clearly, twilight blue filled the room. JM, was asleep next to me and as my eyes scanned the room around me, my eyes locked onto the dresser across the room from the bed where we were sleeping. There, on top of the dresser stood crouched over, was the same shadow figure I had seen countless times before. 
its overly long arms and legs bent to fit into the space between the dresser and the ceiling. Its head tilting slowly from one side to the other as before, as it sat there silently observing me. As I usually do, I drifted off back to sleep and when I woke up a few hours later, I had that all-familiar feeling. The lull was over and whatever it was, was back. Nothing I did changed or altered the fact that the only thing determining when and if I saw this shadow was simply time. Medication didn't stop it, lifestyle changes didn't stop it, it didn't matter if I was stoned or sober, awake or asleep. If it wanted me to know it was there, it was going to and it did. I am from the southern part of India I was a kid when this happened. I am 26 now for a long time I didn't have this memory but suddenly something reminded me of this thing. Which I saw in when I was a kid. The memory just surfaced on one night. I was in my terrace one day when I was around 4 to 5 years old and looked at old apartment it was around 50 meters away from my house where few people live. In one house the window was open and I vividly remember seeing a creature which was glowing in off-white color. It was not too bright. Just a subtle glow. It was like a glowing silhouette. I had a big sharp nose like a bird and looked bald. Looked like it was cooking something. Have anyone had similar experience of seeing some bird-like creature like this? So about two years ago me and my friend went to California on a trip. While on the trip we did all the basic stuff you do in California, we tried new foods, went to Disneyland, and we went to the beach. We went to Venice Beach on May 13, 2021. We were in the water looking for shells when all of a sudden the world went dark. I know that it wasn't just me and her who saw it because there were other people on the beach and in the water who noticed it as well. I know that the others on the beach saw it because they were looking up at the sky how me and my friend were. I call it a sun blink because that's what it was. The darkness lasted less than a second and there was nothing in the sky or anything that could have caused this. The world didn't go pitch black though, it's like the world glitched into night mode and then back to day. It's always freaked the both of us out and we have never been able to explain it. I used to live in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. It's a lovely area that's historically Polish but has become super hip. Anyway, there's a cute little grocery store there called The Garden that I shopped at regularly. I was in line to get some lunch meat and there was a guy and a woman ahead of me. The guy emitted a vibe I've never felt in my life and chilled me to my core. He sort of looked like Zed from Pulp Fiction, usual suspects, and was dressed very eccentric rock and roll-ish, but definitely not a hipster or anything. He was with a woman who was really weird too and looked like a stripper sort of. I can't really eloquently explain it, but the feeling he gave me was so chilling I still remember it to this day. The story is sort of unimpressive until this part, when the guy finally left and it was my turn, the Polish deli worker looked at me and goes bro, you ever deal with someone and they just seem straight up evil. It blew me away and I couldn't believe that we had both intuitively sensed this. To this day, I swear we both saw a real evil entity.
This happened last Halloween. I spent a few hours at Rolling Hills Asylum with a friend of mine and to be honest at first I was really skeptical of the whole place due to the owners acting like the ghosts. Just come out and chat like Casper. Nonetheless I had a weird experience that made me lean more towards believing something is possibly going on there. My friend was pushing me around in a wheelchair when I saw a black shadow person run across the hall. But bending in ways people shouldn't bend. So I got up and froze and to my surprise my friend just goes what someone just crossed the hall. And I said something along the lines of that wasn't human. And we proceeded to debate if it was a person or not and we realized we can easily just clear the hall room by room and see if anyone was on the floor with us. After searching the wing we realized not only was there no one was in the room we saw it run into, no one was even an entire wing. When my older brother and I still lived with our parents, I walked into my bedroom and saw something really strange on my bed. I picked it up and it was an old looking clay, or something, I'm not really sure what it was made of, sculpted head that kind of resembled my brother. I had never seen it before and the way it was sitting on my bed made it look like it fell from the ceiling. There were little pieces around it as if it had fallen from a higher height. I brought it to my family members and asked if they put it there and why. My mom, dad, and brother said they had not, but they did recognize it as a piece of an art project my brother had to do for school some years prior. We didn't have any pets so that couldn't explain it. It's been years since that experience but I still have no idea where it came from and why or how it ended up on my bed, or what ended up happening to it. Nothing else like this has happened that I can remember but that time was so strange that I still recall it. Happened maybe 10 minutes ago. I've been on a spiritual journey with unity in the universe for a long time. Tonight I was climbing into bed and all the lights went out. Blue light came in from the windows and shadows appeared everywhere, everything was a mottled dark color. I found another light and everything was shaking when I turned it on, like the furniture was rippling and it was all gray and colorless. I think the shadows roaming around this room are demons. I am sitting still with a blanket pinned over the part of my bed that is exposed to the rest of the room so that I can't see any of the blue light coming into the windows. It makes me feel so so horrible when I see it. I also hear loud train noises coming in from outside there is no train nearby and I'm not crazy. What on earth do I do?